When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. I'm Nicole Lappin, the only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. It's time for some money rehab. You've heard the adage, you've got to spend money to make money, right? Normally, this is applied to business, but it's also true with education. There are just some careers with massive money-making potential that come with really big-ticket education costs, like becoming a lawyer or a doctor, for example. But how the heck are you supposed to spend like a lawyer or a doctor before you actually become one? A money rehabber wrote in with a question on this very topic. She wanted to stay anonymous, so I'm going to call her Tessa, and our producer is going to read her question. Hey, Nicole, here's my question. I went to pilot school in an attempt to have a better paying job. I was unable to finish my commercial license to get a paying pilot job because I could no longer afford flight hours and now am in debt. I have a credit card with $3,900 and 18% interest that I've been trying to pay more than the minimum. I also have a Wells Fargo credit card that maxed out at $18,000 and has gone to a collection agency because I was unable to make payments. I haven't heard from them in over a year. I also have about $18,000 in federal student loans and have applied for the income-driven repayment plan. I work two seasonal jobs and make about $25,000 a year. I'm applying for better paying jobs, but what else should I do right now to start paying off my debt and fix my credit? I would eventually like to finish my flight training and work as a pilot. Thanks. Tessa, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I know that it's scary to face debt head on, but we are going to figure this out together. I am going to break your question down into two different parts and then break those parts into mini parts because... There is a lot to unpack here, sister. First, let's talk about the piloting of it all. I don't know how far you're along with your flight hours or which program you're actually enrolled in, which does affect this calculus. And I heard you when you said that you were not able to finish your commercial license. But let's talk about what happens if you resume that program. Let's state the obvious. Pilots make good money. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average pilot salary in 2022 was over 200 grand. So it's reasonable to assume that once you become one, you can pay off that debt. Not only that, but most airlines are desperate for pilots these days and offer their own flight schools, loans, and even scholarships for future pilots. For example, United offers a ton of financial aid to future pilots. I know you're working towards your commercial license, but if you already have your private license, you might be eligible for their commercial training program, which would help you obtain your commercial license. American Airlines also offers something similar. You've picked a career path with a great deal of help available, and I really encourage you to research all options and apply for everything for which you might qualify. But start local. If I were you, I would take some time today to make a few calls. 
First, I'd call up the small or regional airlines in your area. Most of these airlines offer tuition reimbursement as part of their hiring packages, or they'll pay for your flight school in exchange for a commitment to work for them for a set number of years. Second, I'd call Women in Aviation International, or WAI, which is an organization that offers a ton of scholarships to women pursuing their pilot's license. Yes, WAI does offer online applications for these scholarships, but I would strongly, strongly suggest that you call up the office first introduce yourself, let them know you'll be applying, talk yourself up, mention that you would love to be part of the WAI community, how you'd give back, you know, give a little extra personal touch to help your name stand out among the other applicants. If you're open to a total 180, you can also consider joining the Air Force. Obviously, that is a very complex and personal decision, but there are a lot of funding options available there. Beyond financial aid for training, there are also opportunities for you to get some help with your student loans. For example, you might be eligible for the Air Force College Loan Repayment Program, which helps people with past student loan debt. You might also be eligible for public service loan forgiveness, not to mention there are often incentives for hiring veterans. So that could give you a leg up in the future if you wanted to transition from the Air Force into the private sector. But let's zoom out for a second. Even if you aren't able to participate in these programs, being a pilot is a well-paid job where the return on investment or ROI for going to school is worthwhile. You say you're looking for higher paying jobs, which is awesome, but if you're considering a career pivot, you might also want to invest some time and money into training for whichever other industry you're thinking of entering next. And that means more sunk costs, unfortunately, but as long as you're a good candidate to become a pilot, I I don't think there's any reason not to return to school, defer your loans while you're in school, and complete your degree. Now, let's move on to the second part of your question, your debt. It sounds like you've done a great job with the student loan debt by applying for an income-driven repayment plan. You're going to need to bring that same energy to the Wells Fargo debt that's in collections. The fact that you haven't heard from them in a while is a very good sign for negotiations. It means that they aren't expecting you to ever pay this off, which means you could probably get them to settle for less than the full amount you owe. For your two sources of credit card debt, the first thing I'd recommend is looking into a debt consolidation loan. This is basically a type of loan that smushes all of your debt together and becomes your one-stop shop type of loan where you can pay off all the debt you've consolidated in one fell swoop. The benefit of loan consolidation is that typically you're able to secure a much lower interest rate than what your credit card is offering. 18% Tessa is super high and you could probably do better with a debt consolidation loan. There are even zero interest rate loans or credit cards, but most of these loans, remember, have to be paid off in a year, which is a pretty accelerated timeline for the amount of debt you're looking at. An important side note here, I would only look at consolidating your credit card debt. You can technically take your federal loans private in a debt consolidation move, but that would make you ineligible for the income-driven repayment plan or any future federal cancellation, so I would really strongly advise against consolidating your student loans with your credit card debt. 
If debt consolidation doesn't feel like the right fit for you, then the next option is to address your debt as is. I know you might want to pursue the don't wake the bear strategy, but if debt consolidation doesn't feel like the fit, you should probably call Wells Fargo and track down the company holding your debt. From there, you can negotiate directly with the collections company. You do not need to use a debt settlement company, and many of them out there are scams, so just no. Do this yourself. Get the collections company to tell you how much you owe them. Get that amount in writing. Reply in writing with a low ball offer, meaning slightly less than the maximum amount you're able to pay on the debt, either in monthly payments or a lump sum. They probably are not going to accept whatever your first offer is, which is why you want to start with a super low ball offer. Again, this company doesn't think right now you're going to pay off this debt at all, so they might be willing to take a lot less if that means they're going to get anything out of this deal at all. Once you explore these options and have your course of action, it's going to be absolutely critical that you make yourself a killer spreadsheet or calendar reminder system so you stay on track of all of your payments and so that you can also see your progress as you go. And reminder, prioritize paying off the debt with the highest interest rate first. That will shrink the total amount of money that you're going to pay over the lifetime of paying back these loans. There is another option, of course. It is the B word, and I don't mean bitch, which is a perfectly good word. We should all be taking it back. I mean bankruptcy. When it comes to bankruptcy, there is no magical number that will tell you when bankruptcy is your best option. What matters is the debt to income ratio here. The general rule of thumb here is that when your debts outweigh your assets and income, you are a good candidate for bankruptcy. So Tessa, your situation is that you make $25,000 a year, excluding your student debt, you're sitting on $21,900 of debt, when you add in your student debt, you owe $39,900, which is over a year and a half of income for you. I know that bankruptcy is a big, scary word. We can call it the last resort, but know that it is an option. And if you're taking a moment to think it over, let me just address what you might be wondering. No, I don't have a definitive answer as to whether bankruptcy would impact your ability to pass a background check to get hired as a commercial pilot. It does seem like it may come up in your interview and depending on your response and current situation, it could hold you back from some jobs. But those same jobs might also take issue with 18 grand in collections. And that debt also impacts your eligibility for the Air Force. And then, of course, I'll remind you that declaring bankruptcy does hurt your credit score and it's a matter of public record. So again, I will emphasize the B card should be plan Z. And I do think, Tessa, you'll be able to get yourself into a good place without going the bankruptcy route. But if you do want to learn more, I've linked an interview I did with a bankruptcy lawyer in the show notes. Let's leave this bankruptcy tough love land for a second and look at the bigger picture here. Tessa, you are going to be okay. Having debt does not mean you failed, nor does it mean that your journey to financial freedom is permanently derailed. The fact that college tuition is so freaking expensive in this country isn't your fault. In the very, very first episode of this podcast, I said that the biggest financial problem is the one you don't admit you have. Tessa, 
When you sent me your question, you took the first step toward a brighter financial future. And it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to lie. It's not always going to be fun. But man, you are going to be so proud when you get to the other side. And I'll always be here, always rooting you on. For today's tip, you can take straight to the bank. Call your credit card company and ask them to lower the APR on your credit card. This is a trick to slow down the snowball effect of your credit card debt. If you want some pointers on this conversation, I've got you. Check out the link in the show notes for an episode where I actually give you the script on how to have this talk with your credit card company. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. It is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win-win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. Money Rehab is a production of Money News Network. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Money Rehab's executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Our researcher is Emily Holmes. Do you need some money rehab? And let's be honest, we all do. So email us your money questions, moneyrehab at moneynewsnetwork.com to potentially have your questions answered on the show or even have a one-on-one intervention with me. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive video content. And lastly, thank you. No, seriously, thank you. Thank you for listening and for investing in yourself, which is the most important investment you can make.